This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. I know we're heading into the conference championship weekend, but Saturday is for ACC basketball and the three teams in the 919 area code are all involved. They're all playing big games. Two of them are on the road and uh, Duke will host Clemson. Wake is off this weekend. What if uh, you think Steve Forbes will be watching ball? Watching football? I don't know. I don't know what Steve Forbes is going to be doing. We should we should, uh, should call him and find out. Brian Geisinger, uh, Pack Bride, twenty four seven Sports, all of that joins us on the Adam Gold Show. He is our basketball guru on Fridays. All right, sir. Uh, I want to start with the Tar Heels who are playing at Florida State, and this is not the same Florida State team that kind of got off to a slow start this season. They look a lot different. And they look a lot better, and they look a lot like they're not as good, obviously. Uh, some Leonard Hamilton teams of the past. Um, how do you look at this game? Yeah, I mean, FSU is always like a challenge to prepare for, and even if they don't have the sort of like multiple seven footers on the roster that they're <laughs> used to, which I did hear, I think it was. Uh, Mike Monaco was doing one of their game, FSU games a couple weeks ago that I was watching, and Leonard Hamilton said this will never happen again. He'll never have a roster without multiple seven-footers <laughs> on it, which I, I did love. But still the tallest team in the country, according to Ken Palm. Um, and you know what you're going to get with them, like the elite, not just like the length and the athleticism, but the uh, the full court you know, pressure, being in passing lanes, trying to deny passes, and uh, a team that's going to switch one through five on the, you know, the vast majority of, of screens and handoffs and, and other exchanges. So uh, they're, they're a bear to prepare for, but uh, you know, UNC is certainly like well-equipped to uh, find different ways to sort of like poke at FSU's pressure in uh, switching. Florida State's won six of their last seven games. To me, this is the way I describe Florida State and the, the phenomenon is that they will get to a point in the season where somebody will score 27 points that I have never heard of before. And it happens virtually every year. I'm like, when did that guy transfer in? I, mm-hmm. They do it all the time. So they he usually has uh, a roster like 11 or 12 players uh, that he uses. I mean, I, not not that this matters, but I'm intrigued by the fact that Florida State is such a big underdog at home, getting eight yeah. and a half, getting eight and a half points seems like a lot. Um, at some point, I mean, I think Carolina is great. I think they're the best team in the league. Uh, I think the fact that they have R.J. Davis uh, is almost it's almost slump proof. I think he is that solid and can do so so many things. Um, how does Florida State stop him? Well, you know, they. I mean, I guess there's a few different ways. One, they're going to put like a lot of you know, size and athleticism right. on him. Um, they've got some very good guard and wing defenders. I mean, Jameer Watkins is probably one of the better defenders, if not just like all 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 around players um, in the league. You've got Jalen Morley, um, and then you've got a guy like Baba Miller who can switch out and yeah. also protect the rim. Um, you know, Miller's still a project offensively, but he's yeah. a real talent on the defensive side of the court. Um, 
but Davis just has the ability with that, with his jumper, with the range, with the sort of like quick release that, I mean, he's an elite catch and shoot player, obviously. And, and Hubert Davis has a bunch of uh, tactics and actions to get him to shake him loose. Um, and if you know that, if you know, you've got the screens coming or pardon me, the switches coming on, 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 on screens and stuff with FSU, then you can have stuff dialed up for that. Um, in terms of both getting guys, you know, slipping to the rim or slipping out for threes, like there's there's different ways to sort of counter that when you know that it's coming, even even against all that the athleticism and in, in, in like wingspan of collective wingspan of um of Florida State, but obviously Davis' ability to shoot off the catch, um, and you could just see like down the stretch of of the Wake Forest game, like a game that was close for a while, then just sort of like an avalanche of of Davis shot making down the stretch and. Like the ability that they have with the Cadeau, Elliot Cadeau, Davis backcourt, mm-hmm. like the reason why they might be slump proof to, to borrow your, your term is because they can turn, they can put Davis from being like an offensive caretaker to being a guy that can just look to get buckets. And like they right. use him. And I mean, he's been like a, you know, he's been a bucket getter for UNC for years now. And like, obviously Caleb Love played with the ball plenty in, in previous seasons too. You know, Leaky Black could run the offense, et cetera. But with Cadeau, you've got, like, a really advanced ball handler and a really advanced passer, something right. that, like, those other guys weren't. And then all of a sudden, you can have Davis flying around. He's the one setting screens and then popping out. You know, they went to that, that like, stack spin, pick and roll look a bunch down the stretch against Wake as uh, as Davis caught fire. So I really think the Cadeau-Davis backcourt, like, they do complement one, one another pretty well, especially on the offensive side of the court, in part because, all of a sudden, you know, you can let Cadeau run the offense, and then Davis starts buzzing around the Pele is like a, a slot receiver, you know, running around on, you know, a bunch of little pick plays and stuff like that. So um, they've got a really nice balance, and certainly with Ingram, you can also let him, you know, initiate too. So we'll see. You know, can you get Baycott some looks in the post? Um, you know, FSU, when they, even when you, you know, even when they switch a smaller defender into the post, they're going to front and show backside help. Can you find Harrison Ingram and Cormac Ryan for skip pass threes if their guys are helping off them on the wing and, and helping down the post? Like there's stuff to do, and uh, and yeah, Davis sensational. Like I, I really, for me, for my money, I, I really thought like Filipowski at Duke was um, was like the clear cut guy for player yeah. of the year. And, and now I'm sort of, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, there's still a lot of basketball left to be. Played. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to the halfway mark, but uh, Carolina yeah. is eight no. Uh, and look, if they go twenty and zero, yeah, R.J. Davis is going to win Player of the Year. Uh, even yeah. nineteen and one, I think uh, he probably wins it. All right, the Wolfpack are in Syracuse, and um, Victoria asked me before who was the, like, which which team was under more pressure? I think it's I think State's got to win this. I think they have yeah. to win a road game. I think they have to win a road game against another. Uh, I'm using the soccer term mid-table club right now. They have to <laughs> distinguish themselves from the middle of the pack here. The opportunity at Virginia where they almost came back and got it, uh, you know, to let that get away, it's kind of disappointing, especially with a bad start. Uh, But they have to be able to use their press because I think it's better than their half-court defense and they don't have a good enough half-court offense, I think, to make up for the fact that they need free points. Uh, But they've got to be able to do that against Syracuse. I just don't know if they can. Yeah, I mean, the press is huge for them. I've been saying this sort of all season. Like, they need it because that's where they get a lot of their turnover creation. Or, like, even if even if the opponent beats the press, 
then all of a sudden they're starting an offensive possession with 20 seconds, not 25 seconds, and then State's you know, defense can sort of like sink its teeth in a, a little bit better, and, and it just has sort of like a, a time advantage on its hands. But in the press, that's where they force a lot of turnovers. You know, Dennis Parker Jr., uh, Jaden Taylor, Casey Morsell, they've got like athlete Michael O'Connell, like pesky defenders that can, that can, uh, you know, create events in the press. And then that allows the game to not turn into a half court slog because like they just don't, as soon as that happens, I mean, this, this is what took place at, at UVA earlier this mm-hmm. week. They just don't, um, it's not that they're incapable of doing it. It's just, it's hard. It becomes very difficult for them. Um, they all of a sudden start to default far too much to just like the DJ Burns post-up option. And as you saw against UVA, they don't, you know, Virginia doesn't double the post. And then all of a sudden there's no cutters, there's no kickout shooters. And so it's just Burns mid-range post-up offense. Um, And I think, you know, him having only one assist, State not getting nearly enough shots at the rim, not getting very, very few free throws in that game. Very few like clean, you know, catch and shoot threes. And a lot of that is because if teams aren't having, if teams aren't helping to double on Burns, then they can stay at home on some of these other guys and take away the the cutters and the in the kickout options. But the other reason why State doesn't want to get this into a just a half court game is because like Syracuse has an elite point guard, right. uh, like Judah Mintz is awesome and he's really really good. They run good stuff for him. Draws a ton of fouls. Like it's going to be a big game for Jaden Taylor. Whoever else is guarding at the point of attack, it's going to be a big game for State centers, uh, Burns and Middlebrooks on the defensive side of the court. Like, can they help keep Mintz in front without getting into foul trouble? Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on, or they just give you their money and let it work for them? About 90%, give the money, and then we meet every year and go through status reports, have a financial pit stop, making sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. You limit him, you have a good chance against against Syracuse, but yeah, State's just going to have to be yeah, they're just going to have to be better in the half court offense because the defense is the defense is good enough. It's the offense that's really, really lagging behind. Yeah, neither of those teams, by the way, they're both poor shooting teams from three point range and kind of two point range as well. Uh, so this might it might be a difficult <laughs> might be a difficult yeah. watch. But I would love to see State make a couple of baskets and then get uh, get the press going. Because that's what they're going to need to win up there. And again, I think the Wolfpack need to start winning games against teams that are in a similar part of the standings to them. All right, real quick to Duke and Clemson. Uh, it's it's in Cameron, which means somebody from Clemson is going to make nine threes. Uh, I, I watched Georgia Tech apparently not be able to miss. They could have you know, turned around and bicycle kicked the ball uh, into the goal from three-point range against the Blue Devils. And clearly, Blake Hinson was not going to miss a three-point shot, including some really tough ones. I know he's a good shooter. Uh, are the be- are the rims just bigger at Cameron? Uh, when I was a kid growing up and uh, hating J.J. Redick, I would have I would have definitely said <laughs> yes, for sure. They're at, least, they're, they're at least softer, I do, but 
No, I mean, like, the, the Hinton performance was incredible. Like, I mean, I think he might be the ultimate, like, irrational confidence guy <laughs> this year. Um, and, I mean, he hit some absolute cannon shots in that game. I rewatched that game last night and cut up the film. And, I mean, like, at least three of the seven threes he hit were just totally ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see Duke's strategy this year for Hinton was they put McCain on him and they would switch a lot of actions, which is, in theory, should keep you know keep him uh, from getting you know clean, you know clean catch and shoot looks coming off screens and pick and pops like that type of stuff. And instead, they stashed you know Kyle Filipowski on Zach Austin. And like outside of you know maybe a clean look that he clean look or two that he got in transition, like all the other half court looks are pretty well contested. And just like he, he made an absolute incredible shot. So yeah, who knows? Maybe PJ Hall. Will uh, you know make eight threes and outdo instantly? I'm, I'm just assuming it's going to happen. I don't know if it's Duke's defense is not that great. I mean, they certainly went through times where they couldn't stop me. They hard had a hard time guarding Georgia Tech in both matchups this year. They mm-hmm. eked out the win at Cameron. They lost down in Atlanta. Um, just real quick, Mark Mitchell did come back and play last week. Hopefully, Jeremy Roach can play. Um, Duke has to kind of. I'm not saying right their ship because I don't think they're teetering, but the the expectations for this team is not to be, you know, uh, essentially. I mean, they got to be a top four seed. I think most people look at them as a top four seed when we get to the NCAA tournament. I'm not sure they're playing like it. Yeah, I mean, the next seven eight days are huge for them, right? Clemson, Virginia Tech on the road at UNC. Like that's a pretty pretty daunting stretch, honestly. Um, and I think they've gotten some, you know, some some tough luck in terms of shooting. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't think Duke's opponents are going to outshoot them in terms of three point percentage by year end, you know. Um, whereas UNC's having sort of like the exact opposite. I think Duke's defense has actually been okay. Um, I think Kyle Filipowski's done a lot of good stuff at the center position, guarding pick and roll this season, being a helper at the rim. I don't think they have a ton of lineup versatility, just because at times they've struggled to you know, be viable on offense with Mitchell and, and then they can't have him on the floor for his defense. So then they go smaller. Then they bring Ryan Young in at center. And all of a sudden, you know, Filipowski's doing different stuff. Um, and like, you know, Jared McCain, I think has improved on defense from the start of the season. Like he still has breakdowns. I'll be curious to see, like in the Louisville game, they played seven minutes with Filipowski, Sean Stewart yeah. and Mark Mitchell on the court. It was the first time all season those guys have played together. Um, you know, Roach was hobbled, so maybe maybe that was a bit of a one-off, just given where they were um, with the rotation. But like that is something to keep in mind. Like, is John is John Shire thinking like we just got to get more size and athleticism on the court, and like Stewart is the is the best way to do that. You can play him with playing with Mitchell, and you know, either have those guys at the four five or have Filipowski out there, and you know, Mitchell's the de facto three. It just makes the half court spacing on offense a little tricky, though. And they might uh, they might need something like that against North Carolina to prevent them from getting cl- just clobbered uh, on the defensive boards. Brian Geisinger at bgeis underscore bird pack pride twenty four seven. He is a our basketball guru, especially on Fridays. Uh, my man, I'll talk to you later. I appreciate your time. Yeah, I hope you uh, you guys have a good weekend. Okay, you too. Thank you. I hope we do too. Yeah, I hope we stay dry. <laughs> It's supposed to rain. Supposed to. It's supposed to rain forever. All right. Thanks, man. Talk to you later.
Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc.